You're listening to a Big Finish production. Cue the music. This is the Big Finish podcast official wish bang woo 13th of May in the year of our robots or something. Hello you. Oh, oh I haven't done the Oh, you haven't done it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. Cunicon Benji. Hello you, it's me, Benji Clifford. And it's me, Nick Briggs. And we're here to give you all the latest on Big Finish Productions, the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama and audio books ever to bounce bounce off your eardrums. Sorry, Benji, trying to deal with some of my rubbish typing there. Uh, We're going to bring you the latest Big Finish news, listeners' emails, plus competitions! Three exclamation marks, the Randomoid Selectrotron, and in a moment, our latest exciting releases reviewed and rounded up. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! And there's also a guest star interview with acclaimed actor Hattie Morahan, who plays 8th Doctor Paul McGann's companion, Helen Sinclair, in their latest epic adventure, Ravenous. And yet more brilliant uh, coping from Benji there by my bad typing, yes. Uh, and, and right at the end of the podcast, there's a 15-minute drama tease of our latest Big Finish original, Cicero. Oh, jolly Marcus good, jolly Tullius good. Cicero, Marcus fighting for justice Tullius in ancient Cicero. Rome. <sighs> Right, well, now that's out of the way, let's uh, hurtle on to our latest releases. Cicero. Marcus Tullius Cicero. (laughs) Our latest Big Finish original drama is out there. You can hear a studio report in it in the news in just a few minutes' time and a 15-minute drama tease at the end of this very podcast. And here's how Blogter Who has reviewed it. This is simply some of the finest storytelling you'll come across in any medium. The music and sound design are used perfectly here. Performances across the board are layered and grounded from a script which is passionate, fast-paced and thoughtful. This is another Big Finish original masterpiece. Two paths I see before you. Attica and Rome. Rome offers glory, prestige. Attica offers happiness. How could you know this? It is written on your soul. Big Finish. We love stories. Marcus, what is it? What's wrong? You've killed me. You've actually killed me. Nice. Also out there, Jago and Lightfoot, the bloodless soldier. If you subscribe to the Big Finish newsletter, you can get it for free. It's by the brilliant Justin Richards, and it's great stuff. The chemistry, atmosphere, and production values are as strong as ever, says Doctor Who Reviews. Same again for you, Professor. Keep up the cold. Steady on, Henry. I've hardly started this pint of... What was it? Half and half. Just a thing for an evening like this. Wet the appetite. Get the old gastric juices going. A unit cyber reality is out there. As of last week, great reaction from all our listeners. Dave at Mondas Mania says, Spent the morning enjoying what I must say is probably one of my favourite Cybermen stories in recent years. And that's saying something considering world enough and time. Hmm. Kudos to everyone involved. Uh, and Carol Duchesneau says, 
says unit cyber reality is awesome totally epic i thought it was completely crazy to see the war master in a present day setting and loved it thank you i love the way she says uh see as well she feels like she's seeing it carol one of our very very loyal listeners always sending in fantastic emails and someone called script scribbles even claimed it was making them eat carrot cake <laughs> doesn't take much to make good. me eat carrot cake to be honest let's be honest uh, and don't forget as well uh, that uh, Blake Seven Crossfire. Hey, Bob, come in. Yeah. Awesome views on that one. And At a Girl, our big Finnish original about women pilots in World War Two, is going down an absolute storm. New recruit. Yes. Welcome to Whitewater. The menace is the woman who thinks that she ought to be flying in a high-speed bomber when she really has not the intelligence to scrub the floor of a hospital properly. Yes, and if you missed the interview with uh, Atta Girl star Alicia Ambrose Bailey in last week's podcast, with straight back in time and have a listen. That is an order. Back up! And there'll be more latest releases right here next week. Of course there will. Doing that at the beginning of the podcast is sort of like uh, going for an early morning jog, isn't it? Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I'm kidding myself. It's, 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 a, it's a vernacular workout, isn't it? That's what I like to think. Uh, 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 I love that word, vernacular. I just headbutt in the microphone. So uh, I, I'm sure, I, the, I think it's in, in uh, the Benji and Nick show. I always butt to the uh, microphone yeah. at the end with my glasses by mistake. Any t- enough of this. Get on with it. Cue the news music. This week's headlines. The Second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 2 trailer, Hmm? Red Planets, the trailer, Uh, a studio feature on Big Finish original Cicero, the new Star Cops theme tune, very exciting that one, Uh, and My Big Finish Live Part 2. That's not my Big Finish Live, but it's Big Finish's Big Finish's uh, Nick Briggs. Big Finish Finish, yeah, you, you get the point. But that's finally available. Check that out. It's really worth a listen. First up, here's that Second Doctor Companion Chronicles trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles, The Second Doctor, Volume 2. There are those who have travelled with the Doctor. Many of us from all walks of life. Her name was Leela. She strode swiftly through the console room to the outer doors. Where are we, Doctor? Can't you tell, Duchess? We're on the coast! Hello? I'm Captain Matheson. We're on the clock, Zoe. And with him we travel through space. We travel through time. The word is French, which is appropriate because France is where we've landed. France? What's that? We're his assistants, his friends, his companions. Uh, No, I I need to have a word, Leela, in in private. All those things to see. The second time when I was praying, the heavens seemed to open and I saw a great wheel hanging over me. A wheel in space? all those wonders. I've walked on the moon. I've faced down the confederate of Brillpaw, but there is nothing, nothing in the universe as exhilarating as riding a dinosaur. We know it can be dangerous. I saw a sword of vengeance and engraved on its blade were the words, here Paris was. Take me to the doctor, little knife. But I warn you, If you treat me falsely, I will kill you. Don't worry. That class is designed to withstand a charging cyborg rhino. 
And sometimes, just sometimes, there can be a price to pay. Don't make me do this. There must be an option. How can you stare at me so calm as though this were just an everyday event? No! Big finish. We love stories. And the second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 2 will be out soon in June. <laughs> that's in Ju- that's June. J- June. June, is it? How many U's in that? Uh, uh, 50. 50. Tune. <laughs> Next up in the main monthly Doctor Who adventures, Sylvester McCoy stars as the seventh Doctor alongside Sophie Aldred as Ace and Bonnie Langford as Mel in a mind-blowingly intriguing story by Una McCormack. I think it's by Una, isn't it? Do you want me to do a quick Google? Yeah. No, no it's... Well, it, look on the big finished side. Red Planet. Yep, it is. It is. Okay. I thought I got that wrong for a moment. Sorry, Una. Um, Yes, it's by Una McCormack, and it's entitled Red Planet. Here's an insanely early tease of the trailer. So early that the announcement hasn't been recorded yet. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Red Planets. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. The person you've called is unavailable. Please leave a message after the tone. It's me. Call me as soon as you get this. It's here. The blue box. He's here. At last. Doctor Who. Red Planets. Sounds like a party. (laughs) Not much to celebrate in 2017. (laughs) Oh, come off it, Doctor. Nothing to celebrate. Melting ice caps, seas of plastic, species after species disappearing into nothing. What went wrong? Nothing went wrong. This is the future we dreamed of. I seriously doubt that. Hands on your head. You're coming with me. I was certainly am not. Get off me! Get in the car! Hey! Not Let him go! Let him go! Let him go! I told you to wait for me! Dorothy, there's more at stake than you realise. The whole future of the West. I have to get over the wall tonight! So, if we get things back on track, then everything's okay? Yes. And if we don't, millions die in unnecessary war. Millions more live in awful repression. And you, Ace, maybe even me, cease to exist. Oh. Yes. I'm bleeding like... There's no time. I've got to stay awake. I've got to... Hold on, mate. Hold on. Big Finish. We love stories. And Doctor Who Red Planets is out in August this year. Yes, that's Doctor Who Red Planets. (laughs) (laughs) We love stories. Uh, Time for more on the Big Finish Originals range now. Just out is Cicero, as we keep mentioning. Here's almost everything you need to know about it. In February 2017, Big Finish Productions released an original audio drama entitled Cicero, based on the true story of an ancient Roman lawyer on the quest for justice. Reception to the release was overwhelmingly positive. 
including a nomination for the prestigious Audi Awards. Now, one year on, Cicero embarks on a brand new series of adventures set during the height of the Roman Empire. This is this is that was, that was perfect. Um, we can do it again. Take one. Great, good sound. I think the Cicero brothers have changed quite a bit. Actually, the script, the story, story-wise, it's kind of filled out and become more about them and their relationship and their everyday everyday lives more than just the singular case that we did the pilot with there's a lot more depth to them mm. as a whole i think I and think. you learn more about their like they both have real emotional journeys yeah throughout this season so quintus goes to really dark places he does i think for people who love listening to audiobooks and actually even for people who haven't necessarily been introduced to audiobooks the thing that's great about cicero is that although it is a kind of classical um, subject, it has a very modern feel to it because there's a lot of humour in the scripts, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of discussion, not only about obviously politics and, and law, but what it means to love, what it means to be human, um, relationships, everything that, that interests us as human beings. So I think um, people shouldn't think of this show as kind of a piece of classical yeah kind of history it it's it's got a lot to say about now we have exciting times ahead for the cicero brothers because love yes sex yes betrayal yes and politics and politics they embark on on a kind of almost celebrity life because after cicero's extraordinary speech defending Sextus Roskis the Younger, he's kind of become famous and, and very much in demand. Um, it's, it's them dealing, well, it's Quintus is dealing with, with it as a, an outsider point of view. Suddenly you've taken off career-wise and he's not left behind, but almost constantly in your shadow now. You know, he's Cicero awesome couldn't do it without Quinto. There's really great stuff, it's, it's very current. And it, actually, you know, this was all happening over 2,000 years ago, nothing's changed. And Cicero, that's Marcus Tullius Cicero. Cicero. Like all Big Finish releases, is currently available and can be listened to through our Big Finish app. It's awesome. Get the app. It's free from your app store. Go get it. Buck up. Uh, it will change your life. Possibly. I think it will. Certainly change mine. Now, let's be honest. The thing that most people hated about the original series of Star Cops, <laughs> I'm going to get such a smack in the face for saying this, was the theme song yes it's true though isn't it have you watched star cops i have yeah, the, the, the funniest easy. the funniest thing about the theme tune to, to star cops original is is that that the gag when it was when we announced we were doing it was that everybody yeah. was tweeting saying oh you've got to make sure you include the theme song but like in a jokey way like don't include the theme song <laughs> uh and yeah i, I think it, it's so it, jason's been going on about doing star cops for for quite literally years and uh, every time he says we should do Star Cops, I always say, well, it won't be easy. <laughs> and, and he never gets the joke. And I go, I'm jo it's the joke. I'm riffing, the riffing, it riffing on the theme. It won't be easy without you. No. <sighs> uh, yeah, but it, it was a brave choice for them to do that. It never really works. Like with um, uh, Star Trek Enterprise, you know, the worst thing about that series was that awful blooming, you know, da, 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 um, da, 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 it's da. been a long time. Getting from there to here—it's just awful. It was, it's just no, I'm—I don't want to hear some bloke singing. But it's that time, isn't it? It's—it's it's like, um, oh god, 
Is it Howard's Way that's also got a dreadful theme like da, that? Da, 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 but it's, it's always there. <sighs> yes. It's that time, isn't it? Everybody thought it was a good idea. I think even... Um, uh, to be fair to Howard's Way, I think they did a song of it because the series was successful. I, and they put words to the theme tune. You know, a bit like uh, anyone can fall yeah, in love for yeah. EastEnders, which makes people want to go on a killing rampage every time they hear it. But, but you know, Star Cops is, is a product of its time. Uh, yes. And, you know, lo- love love the theme or hate the theme. Um it is what it is, I suppose, but Howard yeah, is... Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Justin Hayward, who sang it, is, I, I love the Moody Blues. That's how old I am. <laughs> Moody I Blues is good. I love the Moody Blues. They're a fantastic group, and Justin Hayward was a member of it. So I'm, I'm, I love his voice. You know, I loved his song Forever Autumn from War of the Worlds, for example. Yep. Um, but uh, it wasn't one of his best songs, was it? Again, it's... The era, I think. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that time, isn't it? I think yeah. it's, it's... It's the ear roll. It's e- my e- ear roll. The ear roll. pain in my ear roll. So, anyway, our resident genius composer, Howard Carter, has given us a new dramatic theme for the series. Here it is. Talented man, that Howard, isn't he? Talented, he is. talented man. We were both. It couldn't have re- been easy. <laughs> <laughs> we were both at the Star at the Star Cops recordings actually the other day, which is nice. So I got to catch up with Howard and see how he's lovely chap, lovely chap. And he of is, course, uh, Star Cops sounding brilliant. So honestly, guys, uh, if you've if you've uh, experienced Star Cops before, check it out. If you haven't, check it out. Why not? Try something else. You know, Star Cops yeah, will be out very, in, very soon. Uh, if yeah, not now, by the time we listen, who knows? Order it now. No, uh, it won't be. Out. It won't be. Why does it say that there in the script then? It oh, says, it if not out. now. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true. It's, 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 <laughs> you're right. It may well be out. <laughs> w- words fail me. Words fail me. Uh, so, yeah, order it now or risk spiralling off into orbit without any oxygen. Seriously. <laughs> I w- <laughs> you don't want to look like. Um, you don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of Total Recall, where his oh, yeah. eyes pop out of his face. Eyes are bulging. See you at the party, Richter. <laughs> um, I don't know why it sounded like this. What a wonderful world. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Anyway, that sounded like a bit of a threat here. But buy Star Cops, or we will pump all the oxygen out of your airlock. It is a threat. As, as in the end of that episode from Frontier in Space. Anyway, time <laughs> for an and finally. And finally, My Big Finish Life, Part 2. Yes, it's arrived at last. Uh, how exciting. Yeah. Great series. It was very popular when we did the, the first part of it. Uh, yeah, well, we were doing like all it. the little parts, and I edited, the, uh, edited one lot together and put it out as Part 1. And Part 2 has been waiting for a long time. Shall I tell you the boring reason why it hasn't been out? What's the boring reason why, Nick? 
Well, you see, um, I got another computer uh, for my uh, Pro Tools editing. Very nice. And I started uh, editing the podcasts on that computer. Yes, yes. And that included uh, one of the sessions Mm -hmm. which makes up the um, part of the second part of my Big Finish life. And then um, I went back to using my old computer for reasons of convenience because I was uh, not at home at the time and every time I had an available window Mm -hmm. to edit together the uh, My Big Finish Life Part Mm 2 extravaganza Mm -hmm. I never had the new computer with me so Mm -hmm. was unable to access the correct files in order to complete said Sorry, I fell asleep there. I was really, anyway, it's funny, quite interesting actually. I was really, really getting into that. I was sort of, I was expecting a twist at the end, and then my head exploded. It's <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. Anyway, here's a tease of the star turns you can expect. Uh, so, Darren Nesbitt. Yes. Can you uh, first describe what what's been happening for the last couple of days? Do you know what the f- this is all about? <laughs> Nick, could you do the honours? Well, I'll do the door. Oh, yeah. It's Sophie Aldred. I have got three hands. I've got two hands actually. Can use my bum for this one. Whenever I see Bonnie, I just have to catch up. Let's get cracking. Well, no, I'm just amazed. Lazy. What, again? Wow. And um, what has happened? I was, I was short-sighted. Now I'm long-sighted. But it's made me, at a certain distance, short-sighted. And I f- keep forgetting. And I come in here and went, I can't see that. So I have to stand here. Early lunch. Eight minutes early. It's a disgrace. <laughs> Take two. Yes. Of Sylvester being appalled. Thanks, you, darling. You can actually leave now if you want, can't you? I know. Yes. I think Nicholas Briggs is a terrific chap because not only is he a really good actor but he's also a superb producer of audio and this is a dying breed of person and he's good looking and he's got dancer's legs (laughs) now I know that's all rubbish (laughs) thanks Dirk Uh, Dirk's my hero thanks for coming you're welcome Thanks. And there it is. And of course, My Big Finish Life Part 1 is also available as a podcast. The whole podcast. So buck it up, guys. Buck it up. Uh, grab your listening ears and listen to it. I would. Seriously, <laughs> yes, go for do it. Do grab those listening ears. That's the end of the news. Flipping well is, man. Flipping well is. And the news will be there forever if you want it to be. But it's not there Stuck now. But it's there, you know, it's, it's kind of... The news is always there, but is it? It's one of those things. Mm. It's a concept. The news is a concept. The news. You've blown my mind. Yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) Just mopping up my brain. Remember, our guest star interview with Hattie Morahan is coming up very soon. Very soon. Yes, very soon. Uh, She plays Helen Sinclair. Yes, well, quite. Uh, Companion. I just repeat everything you say. Companion to uh, Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor. Yes, well, quite. Yes, well, quite. Uh, She started out in Doom Coalition. Yes, well, quite. And she continues her odyssey. Odyssey. I was so. That was such a lovely phrase, and I had to say it badly. In Ravenous. Out now. Ravenous one. Arsenal nil. Anyway, but before all that. I've taken leave of my senses. It's listeners' emails.
Now, I thought we'd try something a little bit different this week. Nah, no kidding. No, I can't do that, can I? Come on, I love an email. I love them, love them, love them, love an email. Oh, and a new Ooh. competition as well, along with the oh, results yeah. for the last competition. It's all so yes. exciting. Um, but yes. before we do that, Nick, would you like to hear something? Oh, I've got yeah. two bit, little blocks of wood here, right? Yes, two blocks. So they make a nice oh. noise there. Uh, for an audio this week, all I had to do was this. Is that all you had to do? You didn't do anything else? What is it? Well, it's, if anybody knows what that could be, you know, write in. Let us know. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Let us know. Who knows? We might give you an impromptu prize for guessing what that is. Like a sticker or something. Sticker yeah. saying, I, I've managed to work out what goes on in Benji's head. Um, yeah, one of those Maybe stickers. Maybe a T-shirt or a totes bag or whatever it's called. Who knows? It's, it's certainly, it's certainly an interesting balls. thing. It, it could be exactly what it is. It could be something completely different. Who knows? But yes, anyway, uh, so we have an actual competition, like a, like one that's actually been thought through uh, in time. <laughs> and all you have to do is to email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's all. Simple as that. Nothing there. No no little writing. Well, that's in, for emails you know. and for the, for the competition. Isn't yeah, it? it's the whole lot there. So podcast at bigfinish.com we say it every week don't forget it unless you're Peter Ware um, podcast <laughs> at bigfinish.com so uh, first up there's a quickie from Daniel Sturr is it Daniel S-T-R Strut 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 I don't know it doesn't matter doesn't matter whatever it is it's good hey Nick and Benji love the idea of a River versus Masters box set but tell us more about how you got Missy and the movie master I always dress for the occasion uh, together yeah Daniel there we go well quick answer it's very boring we got them by just you know um, booking them <laughs> there's no story we didn't sort of track them for months in an underground lair or anything um, yeah I and, thought that's exactly uh, what you do Oh, that is actually how we cast everything. Yeah. We go to the underground lair with lasers <laughs> and uh, and shoot them. Uh, no, and um, uh, yeah, I just, it's kind of, what can I say? Uh, I know that uh, Ken Bentley had a lovely time with Michelle Gomez. She just thought uh, uh, she's just a joy. And uh, I think it was uh, Jason A. Gallery was uh, working with um, Eric Roberts. Sorry, I just phased out of reality then. And I think they had a jolly good time. And uh, I know they all went out for a meal afterwards. So I'm just telling you stuff that's not relevant to the answer. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, cheers for writing in, Daniel. But since that one was so short, we have got another one here as well. So I'll, I'll reel off this email now. It's from one of our old favourites, Nathan Gervais. Or Gervais, or Gervais. We do that every time. And he's thinking, don't you ever learn how to pronounce my name? Don't do that joke. It's boring. Uh, Hello, Nick and Benji. I love the trailer uh, for Hour of the Cybermen and eagerly look forward to its release. Nick, was it weird for you not doing the cyber voices or at least doing the main ones? I know it was kind of strange uh, for me listening to it. Also, I was wondering if it was possible to start crediting the composers and sound designers on the listening app. Writers, producers, directors, strip editors, script editors and performance all get credited. It'd be nice for the designers to receive credit as well in and out short and sweet thanks so much best nathan gervais nola aka new orleans la la hmm. um well nathan uh it i suppose it was a bit weird but i i was you know i was minded to be um generous because i thought it's not fair i mean 
I, I must have said before on the podcast, David Banks said to me, I said, I'd love you to come and do one for Big Finish. And he said, well, uh, you do the voices of the Cybermen now, don't you? And I said, oh, there's no reason why you can't come back and do it. I said, I, I could be the one with the sore throat who says, so. <laughs> yes, Luda. Um, but uh, we, we also found him. So as I think I've said in a previous podcast. So I just think it was lovely. And I think it makes it a very special thing to get David back. Um, yeah, so, you might well, you might say it's an excellent, excellent. thing, <laughs> like in quotes. <laughs> I know, even we had that moment, didn't we? When we saw we saw David Banks from a distance, and we're like, "Oh, that's right." Well, that well, was David the day Banks. Where I had the conversation with him. I went yes. over to him because I I know him of old, you know, and he was um, generous enough to be delighted to see me. Um, yes, with the what you're talking about, the credits on the app, you're talking about uh, the spoken credits, I presume. Uh, the the reason that uh, the sound designers and composers are not always credited, although we're trying to get credits for them in as much as possible, is that the credits are recorded at the time of the recording of the actors. Uh, and at that time, it is not always known who the sound designer and composer will be. If we do know who the sound designer and composer will be, we put it in. But it's highly likely that it's not known. And in order and to record the credits later, it just creates another problem with a very, very packed production schedule. Um, so that's the rather rubbish reason for that. Oh, by the way, he's done a PS. I didn't notice that. No, nor have I. So you have James Dreyfus, uh, Jeffrey Beavers, Alex McQueen, Eric Roberts, Derek Jacobi, and Michelle Gomez all playing versions of the Master for Big Finish. How about a Six Masters event? That's my brain exploding. Um, <laughs> uh, you mean event? What do you mean an event? A convention? Like a what yeah, I suppose like the Big Finish Day sort of vibe. I think. From what I've deciphered, it'd be from impossible that. to get them all together. It'd be that's rather... my answer to that. Or if you mean an event story, well, I w would never rule that out. But we're kind of we're getting close to it, aren't we? Anyway, here's one from David Lever. Just pull that. Just pulled the lever. <laughs> Dear Nick and Benjmeister, hope you're doing well and not melting in the current heat wave, which of course now is over. I've recently gotten back into the podcast, and it's been brilliant. I've been loving all the recent releases. The 10th Doctor Chronicles in particular was a highlight. I thought I'd write in as I had a real-life podcast encounter. This is rather good, actually. <laughs> On free comic book day, Saturday the 5th, I wandered down to my local Forbidden Planet, hoping to pick up a few bargains and get a copy of the Doctor Who special. <laughs> I know what this is going to say as well. <laughs> While I was browsing, I thought that I vaguely recognised one of the employees, but I couldn't quite place him. Then I heard another star staff member shout him by name which made me realize who it was and as i was paying i asked him didn't you used to work at big finish lo and behold it was joe smith who was full of kind words about his podcast successor that's oh, I, lo I, lo I love joe to bits we great, me me lovely. and joe we talk uh pretty much every day actually me joe and tom we've got our own little little whatsapp and facebook thing so nice. he's my broski. Love Joe to bits. Absolute he's dude. So full of enthusiasm and such a big supporter. Still big listens. Finish. Still listens. Always a pleasure, Joe Smith. Um, I think he was as surprised to be recognised as I was to spot him, and it definitely made for an interesting break from revision. 
I also wanted to ask a question. The recent announcement that the Diary of River Song Volume 5 will feature four masters, including Michel Gomez and Eric Roberts, is super exciting, but I was wondering if Big Finish plans to work with Alex McQueen again anytime soon. While I'm enjoying every master on and off screen, he is a definite favourite, and I'd love to hear him again. I'd love to hear him again too, actually, David. Um, I don't think there are any immediate plans, but that's certainly something that we want to do. Alex is is astoundingly brilliant and a delightful human being i've had some of my favorite times actually working with him he's he's very um eccentric uh, and makes me laugh my head off and and calls me um what does he call me he calls me <laughs> he calls me bernard <laughs> I think he, he has this sort of habit of calling people by names that aren't theirs. He goes, yes, thank you, Bernard. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and your lordship and things like that. He's very, he, he makes me laugh a lot. Anyway, thanks very much. Be seeing you. I mean, obviously not, but I had to get that prisoner reference in there somewhere. David. He certainly did. Funniest thing about Alex McQueen is he looks just like my friend um, Matt, who lives down the road from me now. Uh, Matt's a didgeridoo maker and a didgeridoo player. Uh, and didgeridoo? A didgeridoo is a And they look almost identical, and I just want to get them in the same room so that they can just shake each other's hands. Um, I think that's probably some baldest remark, isn't it? No, it's not. They, honestly, they look, they look identical. I'll have to get a photo of Matt because we're, be we're recording some didgeridoo soon, so, yeah. <laughs> He's very cool. Uh, and finally, then, this one here from Dylan Fletcher. Greetings, Nick and Benji. I always love the Good term stuff. greetings. It's always so jolly. It's greetings! Nice, yeah. A bit late to the party with Ravenous, but it was absolutely brilliant. Obviously, one of the standout features was Nicholas Rose Candyman, uh, which begs the question, are there plans to bring back or tinker with any other infamous or more campy characters of the classic Doctor Who for future re- releases? Uh, E.g. the Dominators, um, Dravins, Vervoids, uh, so on, so forth. Um, oh, what is the best one though? Uh, no, still the crotons. The cro- yeah, the crotons are quite quite funny. Direction point. The Merca. Just bring back loads of the Merca. The Merca Chronicles. We had the Merca. We had the Merca in um, in our first Silurian one. We did. That's the irony, though. The, the Merca will be the really, of which escapes really me. good in audio. But do you know what it was? No, not at all. Wow, I'm really annoyed that I've forgotten. It was written by Johnny Morris. It was Johnny Good. And there was a blooming great murker in that. Anyway, do carry on with the email. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I like to imagine that I'm not the only one who'd go nuts for the Doctor going up against the Andragums again at some point. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, I'd love that. I think, yes. Really? Yes. I was going to say, I thought you were the only one, actually, uh, Dylan, but clearly Benji's with you. (laughs) (laughs) That is is a 12 Narg note. I think it's 12 or 7 Narg, but love it. Rubbish. Um, That aside, I'm very much looking forward to the future of the Ravenous series and think it's safe to say that I'll be positioned on the edge of my seat waiting until October for more. Thank you very much for that one. Laughy emoji there. Right, uh, before we end this emails section, time to wrap up the latest competition and unwrap a brand new one. Here are the competition details. The closing date was Friday the 11th of May. The prize, Torchwood Believe. 
the latest forecast reunion of the tortured team in an already acclaimed three-hour adventure get in uh, the question uh, toshiko sato is part of the tortured team played by the brilliant naoko mori but her first appearance as that character was in a doctor who story hmm, name that doctor who story and the answer and the winner all in one lovely email hello fine gentlemen naoko mori first played tosh in the wonderful ninth doctor story aliens of london stroke slash whatever you like world war three it was great to have her come back in torchwood and now at big finish p.s the email for my big finish account is not the, this one however but and my address is regards and best wishes ethan gibson well actually ethan you gave me the wrong email address. <laughs> uh, but i managed to find your account anyway and deposit a download of torch would believe in it in it yeah it's there just just call me sherlock holmes and uh, cheryl bly in our warehouse will be sending your cd to you very very soon she's awfully good be funny if it was the wrong address as well just goes to some some stranger what if this i'll have it oh, anyway i'll have that yeah, yeah all right <laughs> uh, but now of course it's time for our new competition the prize yes. is unit cyber reality the latest forecast adventure for kate stewart osgood and the team tackling the cybermen and the master <laughs> oh i love it uh, the question is what is the name of the recent Third Doctor Cybermen story released by Big Finish? Hmm. The closing date for that one is Friday the 25th of May 2018. Send your answers to podcast at bigfinish.com to be in with a chance. Please include your name and postal address so that we know where to send the prize should you win and make your subject line like us. The winner is selected entirely at random. You wouldn't believe how blooming random it is uh, on the stated closing date. Aye, boy. And so endeth thy competitions, brother. <laughs> and uh, so endeth two brothers uh, thy emails, thy disbelieving dreg. Yes, raises it. Um, that was something else. Uh, yes, that is the end of the emails. What can I say? Uh, I'm just going to dig a big hole. Shove them in it and cover it up with earth. Put maybe some fertilizer on it. Yeah, maybe I'll turn it into a sort of email tree. You know, mm. a big, big. Yeah, oh, picture that. What a lovely thought. Coming up soon, the Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release from the archives to bang on about. But before that, here's me chatting with Hattie Moran, Helen Sinclair, companion to the Eighth Doctor. Did you say Hattie Morahan then? Or did the Hattie internet? Morahan. Oh, okay, yes, I, I did. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that the internet went a bit weird, I think. It's, she actually pronounces her name Morahan. Is it Morahan? Oh, is it? Oh, okay. And she'd been saying, don't worry, she's been saying, she'd been calling herself Hattie Morahan for years and years. And then her father said to her, you do realise you've been mispronouncing your surname. No way. For 20 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> So, Hattie Moran, welcome 
to the I love the way you nod that I got your name right. Good. Uh, well, welcome. We've been rehearsing that bit. Um, welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Thank you. Um, there's some set questions. <laughs> Sounds like an exam. Uh, the first question <laughs> is uh, just ridiculous. It's mm. all it's to make it all about me. Yes. Um, wh when did you first meet me? Um, I don't know. I because every time I've it's always been the same gang of Ken directing and Toby on the desk and you know David overseeing us beautifully and I think you were a sort of mystery, mysterious figure that would pop in every now and we're like is that oh well that's the man himself <laughs> so I can't remember I mean I I completely lose track of time in terms of when I I don't even know how long we've been doing this I don't know how many box sets we've done so I would say in the last several years. <laughs> well, well done for pinning yeah. that down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can see I've got a really good grasp of time. Now, of course, we are delighted that you're playing Helen oh, Sinclair for I us. Know. And as you say, you mm. don't know how many years it's been. How has it been? It's delightful. It's like a sort of lovely uh, little treat that pops up now and again in the schedule. Um, uh, yeah, she's like an old friend. In fact, everyone's old friend. So it's, yeah, it's... Um, the more you get to play a character like this over a long period of time, the more you get completely relaxed with them and the relationship with um, Nicola and Paul and, you know, the characters' relationships sort of develop and bed in and, and it's just a treat and, you know, it's a very happy, happy time, yeah. It's quite weird that it's happy because a lot of it's very traumatic story-wise, yes. isn't it? Yes, but I suppose... Um, the genre is that yes, there's trauma, but you know they they're determined positive people, and um, you know they determined to find a way out of these situations. And uh, there's also full of adventure, and you know they they have a laugh together as well. They're not beyond um, you know taking the mick out of each other. So um, it's yeah, and you get to work with really fantastic actors. And uh, but yes, you're right that there is there is there has been some trauma and heartache and you know separation and real trials. But that's always interesting for, as an actor, you know, much more of that than playing someone who doesn't doesn't do anything. Nothing happens to them. <laughs> that's like no lines. <laughs> no, <yeah>. exactly. <laughs> well, um, what is it you're recording today? We are recording. Okay, I'm going to forget the, the titles, but I know the stories terribly well. It's um, John, yeah, it's well, it's ravenous. Yeah. But I, yes, yeah, so I get a little bit hazy as to like what's the name of the <laughs> of the overall thing. You know, I just concentrate on what happens in the stories. Uh, John Donnie's written some ex an excellent two-parter set in Austria, mm -hmm. and um, largely themed around Christmas and the sort oh. of myths and legends that, that surround that time of year. That's an excellent and tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think, is it going to be released around Christmas? Because it would be a good Christmas listen, wouldn't it? Hmm. Uh -huh. Give me a marketing tip. Oh, there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's obvious. But, um, yeah, so the Doctor and Helen and Nicola are there thinking they're having a holiday, but doesn't go according to plan yeah I remember yeah. reading the story of that one yes the storyline when it was yeah. proposed very good um, now then here are the set questions okay what's but the first one was about mm, you mm. meeting me but here's the next one what um, is tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the moment <laughs> tingling my mon mon I can't even say it my molecules <laughs> at the moment well 
I only sort of glean a sense of the output sort of when I come in and touch base with everyone, but it seems it's expanding and the amount of sort of stuff that you guys are, you know, producing and having access to is really exciting. It's sort of going from something which I guess when you first encounter feels like a little cottage industry because it feels really intimate and very personable, but um, it's very exciting to, to, you know, know that... um, from passion can can be born a fantastic kind of thriving yeah. industry. Um, it is still yeah. a cottage industry. It is a cottage industry, yeah. but it's yeah. uh, but it's you know, and I guess you know, digital access to, to material digitally just makes it a global thing. So that's really really exciting. Yeah. Um, and the writers are great. You get so it just sort of. It, it you know it, whenever you get a sort of a new script through it's like oh you know what's what's this one going to have in store and what adventure you know it, it's very rare you get scripts as an actor where you I mean this morning I had to record me throwing a goulash over an el- an imp <laughs> to kill it <laughs> yeah, I know I mean stuff like that you're like okay wow right you know <laughs> of a Wednesday morning you know ha- take that imp have some goulash <laughs> beautiful yeah i like to ask the tingling molecules question Mm. because it's interesting that some people um base their answer a lot on asking me what am i talking about by saying tingling molecules they have a reaction to the molecule tingling metaphor and other people just answer it like i've asked them what the time is they go oh well you know but other people go but what do you mean and you you're sort of like halfway between (laughs) there you kind of did that's it yeah Yeah. that's where you are on the molecule tingling so what is tingling your molecules Mm. about entertainment in general in general yeah that you are, this is like a snapshot of what you're enjoying yeah. tv film stage oh, well, music I've anything sort of, you like. i'm emerging from a sort of the blur of producing a small human being so am i <laughs> my I think you say producing a movie no. <laughs> no no so as in like my theater going sort of went off the radar my you know you just don't have a brain to you know watch tv and film you know you just want to go to bed at the end of the day uh so just recently i feel i've been able to start plugging in again and i've seen some brilliant things um all like six months too late <laughs> so, <laughs> what did i say last night i watched yeah, like last week I've watched two films, which is like things I watch about a film a year. I saw um, uh, Call Me By Your Name and The Florida Project, which was really exciting. And theatre-wise, I've seen some brilliant stuff. I saw an amazing show at the Almeida called Summer and Smoke. I feel like, yeah, there's sort of, it's a bit, you know, slapdash, one thing here, one thing there. So in terms of sort of general, and I'm reading again, so it's lovely, I sort of... Just seeing what's out there and seeing what I've missed for the last year and a half. Is there anything that's particularly grabbed you that you're quite passionate about that you've recently encountered? Um, Oh, I'm loving this country on BBC, the comedy, uh, which I came to again belatedly. They've had two series and it's just beautifully performed and written by, I think they're called Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper. I think they're brother and sister. They play cousins in it. and uh, very, very well observed, um, very funny, very clever, simple, um, reminiscent, I guess, of The Office or something like that. But um, yeah, that's a, a little, you know, little treat. Um, and I'm looking forward to sort of devouring the rest of the, those series. Yeah. And finally, mm. do you have an entertainment guilty secret, something that you like, but you think you ought not to? Entertainment guilty secret. 
gosh I don't know you don't do uh, reality TV or I have no I've never done I guess we used to I mean yeah like I used to devour MasterChef <laughs> things like that but I don't know that's guilty <laughs> I just don't like I don't I feel if I sat down to watch that now I'd be like you know what, why waste the, the 10 minutes you have of free time yes. to watch MasterChef um, yes, someone yeah, did say like to that. me when I told them that I was going to be a father, he'd say, you'll wonder what you did with all that free time oh, you used God, to have. Oh, my God, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, um, entertainment guilty secret. I mean, I suppose it's not... Re- no, I, I feel guilt about the amount of reading I do on my telephone rather than out of a book, but, you know, that's modern life, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I. if only I had... Yeah, I don't think I do have guilty entertainment secrets because now they're sort of like hard-won little moments of joy <laughs> yeah. yes. that's good I like yeah. that yes yeah. we've redeemed it from the guilt yeah, yeah. definitely okay well thank you I'll let you get back to being ravenous yes thank you very much <laughs> uh, anyway she's a thoroughly lovely person so enthusiastic such fun lovely yeah she is amazing she is amazing <clears throat> so it's now time for the random word selectatron there we go. Let's uh, let's. Oh, sorry. I just completely. I was just. I just ran. I was just getting the website up and riffing it. Uh, so talking of fun, then it's time to crank up the old randomoid selectatron and on. see what pops out the other side. So without further ado, let's cue that fiendishly epic music. Right. What have we got? The John Nathan Turner Memoirs, Volume oh, okay. One to Two. This is real. I love this one actually. I've got a great. Little, have you heard it? Yeah, yeah. I've got a great little, great little gag about this one. So there you have it. Yes. Let's have a little clip of that. Welcome to the memoirs of John Nathan Turner, me. Over the next few intimate hours, I shall attempt to give a personal and detailed view of my memories of the time that I spent on the program that is forever implanted on my memory, and I'm sure on yours, Doctor Who. I watched Doctor Who from the beginning. It was part of our family ritual on Saturday evenings in the Midlands where I was born, and it became an enormously important part of my life. I had a grammar school education and intended to go to university to gain a degree before pursuing a career as an actor. I was offered a place at Hull, but to read drama and theology, the latter being a subject in which I really wasn't very interested at all. So after much thought, I turned it down and started looking for work in the theatre, much to my parents' dismay. I managed to gain a stage management job at the Alexandra Theatre in Birmingham for the princely sum of 10 guineas a week, with the promise of occasional acting opportunities. But after three years of professional theatre work, it was a review in a newspaper which shredded my performance in Treasure Island, which finally made me decide my career may lay off stage rather than on. Luckily, through the contacts I'd made in the industry, I soon landed a four-month contract as a floor assistant at the BBC. Three months after I started with the corporation, I had my first encounter with the doctor, Patrick Troughton's doctor to be precise, in a yarn entitled The Space Pirates. John Nathan Turner, did you ever meet him? I didn't meet him, um, unfortunately, um, but uh, I was very interested in finding out more about him, uh, given he was such a sort of 
uh, integral part of sort of certainly the latter part of the classic Doctor Who run. He's a controversial figure, mm. not least because of the revelations about him in a book published not that long ago, um, but also uh, because he sort of in many fans eyes simultaneously the savior of the show or the reason it went on for so long but also the reason it got cancelled because some people found some of his artistic decisions questionable uh, but other people point to the fact that you know had it not been for john nathan turner doctor who would have finished far earlier on the bbc before that tv movie because uh, no one else wanted to produce it i don't think what was his famous uh, thing it, um uh, I've, I've been persuaded. I've to been stay. persuaded to return. Yeah, yeah. To well, stay. because basically he kept trying to resign. I'm allegedly, and they said, "Well, there's no other job for you here if you don't do Doctor Who." So he thought, "Well, do I want the doll queue, or <laughs> do I want to carry on doing Doctor Who?" I think it sort of became that in the end for him. He was an interesting character. I actually met him for the first time. I went to see the filming of Frontios because Ron Jones, the director, had directed me at drama school. And he said, you know, and everyone made a fuss about the fact that I was a Doctor Who fan. He said, well, come along and see it being recorded. Oh, wow. And I met John and he bought me a drink in the bar along with uh, Janet Fielding. Uh, Janet has no recollection of having met me then. <laughs> uh, she told me some very interesting things about her short leather skirt, but we won't go into that now. She did say when uh, John, I was into Guinness at the time, and John said, what do you want to drink? I said, I have a pint of Guinness. And she said, oh, a man's drink, which I, which frightened the life out <laughs> of me. And she said it in that sort of purring way. Um, but I remember something I said to John Nathan Turner that made him quite unhappy. I, I said that, you know, I said, I like to watch Doctor Who on my own. I don't want any distractions. I don't want other people around. You know, it's a very special thing to me. I thought I was telling him something personal and interesting. And he went, oh, God, don't say that. We want as many people as possible to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was very nice. He, you know, he, he looked after me on, on the set. And, you know, we, I kept, Ron let me sort of go up and down to the gallery and come down onto the studio. I saw all sorts of stuff going on behind the scenes, just hanging around like a nosy parker. It was very interesting. And uh, and then, of course, I met John many years later and many times at Doctor Who conventions, did a Myth Makers interview with him. And also I directed, stroke, produced this um, uh, talking book of him doing his memoirs, which, you know, I don't want to be not I don't want to be insensitive, but he uh, he did not find it easy because to read out an audio book, it's not an easy thing. You know, I don't find it easy pers personally. I, I, I don't think I could really do an audiobook of something that I didn't absolutely love. I mean, Barnaby Edwards is amazing. He can just, he can read anything out and not make a mistake. And I, I yeah, I'm, I don't have that level of intense concentration. And John, and to be fair, neither did John. I don't, I don't know what was going on in his head, but it required a massive amount of editing. And also it was... I don't know who had prepared the script for us, but it was also massively too long. And so we were having to edit it as we went along. I think it was one of those awful situations where I pointed out that it was too long before we went into the studio and and was ignored. <laughs> and then it became patently obvious that it was too long as we were going through it. So we were, so it, it became a fairly unhappy experience, you know. And I remember Jason Hay Gallery tells a story about how he visited me on the first day and I was fine. And then he came in the second day and I was kind of, I'd gone slightly doolally <laughs> with stress, you know. 
But you wouldn't uh, know to um, listen to it though, because no, it's, well, it the, sounds the very... wonder of editing is is incredible, isn't it? Um, there's a great thing. It was, a, I think, it was a, is either a party or something. Or, well, not party. I certainly had a few drinks with some Doctor Who friends of mine. We got together, and I think we were going. You know, I was showing them something, and we invented this great John Nathan Turner game, which is that you get this, you get the audio <laughs> the mind boggle. You get yes. the audio book, and what you do is you just you click you click it at random throughout yeah. as you're going yeah. along yeah. and it's john nathan turner telling the most extraordinary stories and it, you know you'll be going through and it'll say stuff like um you know uh we were at the rap party and then and then you click some rouse that says something you know like uh and colin baker ran away as fast as his legs could carry him but then <laughs> my i ripped my hawaiian shirt you know and, and then and then janet fielding said well that won't do and it just going through all this stuff it's it's the most fun game that's what i would say it's <laughs> Such a gig, such a giggle. It sounds like putting it on shuffle. It, pretty, it's, it is. It's, it's like putting it on shuffle. But but if you want to, are there any prizes in this game? Who wins? It's not really a game. It's just sort of sitting around beers and listening to John Nathan Turner tell the strangest stories. It's it's yeah. It's quite I think fun. in a way, it, it would have been nice to do a really in-depth interview with him. But the funny thing is, even though uh, off camera, off mic. He was very, uh, he was a great storyteller and always wanted to shock you with something outrageous. Well, of, well, of course, you know, you know, he would say and you go, what? And your mind would boggle. But he was extremely guarded on the record. When I did the Myth Makers interview, this is why it's good that he's reading something that he'd prearranged here. So he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't reticent about revealing stuff. But I did a Myth Makers interview with him. Uh, in which he had promised beforehand that, it, and we got a friend of his to direct it. Uh, he promised that he would reveal all because we knew there was a lot to be revealed that hadn't previously been said. But he totally clammed up. Really? And I tried every technique that I'd been given to get more out of him. That you know, someone, someone wise had once said to me, you know, if you're interviewing someone and they're not very forthcoming, let them finish the answer that they want to say, but don't ask them another question just incline your head slightly in a kind of and most people it will make them say something they hadn't prepared because they'll feel that expectation to speak john was having none of it he looked at me to say yeah what i finished <laughs> you know what i mean he was a he was a great pr man you know anyway yeah this is a fascinating release thoroughly recommended by ran yeah absolutely fantastic worth giving a go in the words of John Nathan Turner I remember an excerpt of this he, what he, he says yes and they and they did a most striking rendition of the do Ron Ron um, that's just what came to my head there we go so yes uh, thanks Ran always a pleasure uh, and now of course as this podcast dies screaming in agony uh, it's just time to do the trailer you're not wrong I'm not. Well, I hope I'm not. Available now from Big Finish Productions, a podcast released on the 13th of May, 2018, featuring the Second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 2 trailer, Red Planets, Cicero feature, My Big Finish Life Part 2. That's not My Big Finish Life Part 2. Oh! It's, it's Nick's... I'm, I'm, I'm going... Um, what else is there, Nick? Well, uh, that was Benji Clifford speaking. This is me, Nick Briggs speaking. Uh, the new Star Cops theme and a guest star interview with Hattie Morahan, uh, Helen Sinclair in the Eighth Doctor Adventures. Also, our drama tease is uh, from one of the new episodes of 
Marcus Tullius Cicero. Huh, huh, huh. What was that all right? Yeah, it's good. I thought it was pretty rocking, actually. Do you think people will listen to it? No. Well, maybe. I no. hope they do. <laughs> no, no, of course no, not. No, no, it's just, just us <laughs> in, a, in, a, in an echo chamber, Nick. We're wasting our time. Time, as you say, Nick, however, for our 15-minute drama tease. That's right. Uh, it's the latest from our Big Finish Originals range, as Nick just said in the trailer, that you probably won't hear unless you might hear it. I don't know, do they you hear will it? hear it. Hear it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the tale of the quest for justice in ancient Rome, that's right, it's devised by Scott Hancock, written by David Llewellyn, and starring Samuel Barnett. This is Cicero. My dear friend Atticus, I can only apologise for leaving it so long between letters. I trust this one will find you quickly enough. The last time I wrote, I had recently represented Sextus Roscius of Ameria accused of murdering his own father. The success of that case and Roscius's subsequent acquittal made me something of a celebrity here in Rome, though such celebrity is not always appreciated. Oh, here's one. Mm. Most honourable Marcus Tullius, may the gods be favourable to your blah 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 blah. Skip to the interesting bit. Ah, here we go. My neighbour Lucius Vernus has planted a series of mulberry bushes at the place where my garden meets his. However, with typical audacity, oh, I like that. With typical audacity, he's planted them some two cubits on my side of the property. No. What do you mean, no? I mean, I'm not taking it. Three months ago, you were begging for work, and now you're turning it down. Have you seen these requests? There are dozens of them, each day. I, I can't take every single case. Uh, so, so I should reply to uh, Gaius Lutatius, telling him you're not interested? Yes, uh, uh, but, you know, word it a little more diplomatically. He's offering to pay. How many clients offer actual monetary pay? It's always, ah, oh, we'll return the favour, or it'll be really good exposure. Still not interested. That's the problem, see? Your first big case was a juicy murder. How do you follow that? I'll tell you how I won't follow it, and that's with a border dispute over a bush. <sighs> so what's that one you're looking at? Possible fraud. Go on. A slave ship leaves the port of Delos, bound for Sicily. Runs into a storm. Forty slaves lost at sea. But no other cargo is jettisoned, the ship itself is undamaged, and all of the crew survive. Well, that's odd, mm. but how is it fraud? The Rhodian laws. The compensation for cargo lost at sea is spread out across all those invested in shipping. Still not with you. The slaves are treated as cargo. Expensive cargo at that. Throw them overboard and collect the compensation, and you could stand to make more money than if you'd sold them at auction. How? Because out of a shipment of 40 slaves, how many will die during the voyage? How many will be on death's door by the time they get here? Five? Ten? So that's 30, 35 slaves you can sell, or 40 slaves you can lose overboard. <laughs> but they wouldn't do that, <laughs> wouldn't they? That's disgusting, yes. I was going to say unnecessary. If that was the plan, why not just lie about it? Tell the authorities you put 40 slaves on the ship and when you turn up in Sicily, say they fell overboard. Huh. I hadn't thought of that. See? Not just a pretty face. <laughs> Fine slaves they were. Men as strong as oxen. Women with childbearing hips. 40 of them we lost. Who owned the ship? Well, that's where it gets interesting. You see, the ship is run by an agency. Oh, 
I know where this is going. And the client on whose behalf they run that particular ship is Claudius Decimus Arrhenius. <gasps> the senator. Yes. Brilliant. I've got an idea. What? Rather than investigate this case ourselves, I say we write an anonymous letter to the shipping magnates so they can investigate. <laughs> Don't be so naive. What do you mean? They're all at it, Quintus. Expose one freighter, and soon enough, you'll expose them all. If we wrote them a letter, they'd ignore it. I suppose. Where are we going, by the way? The Velia. We need to speak with Decimus's wife. W uh, well, former wife. Blimey, you're not wasting time, are you? Why are you speaking to her? Because they divorced very recently and I'm told she's none too happy about it. So we're going to his house? No, Claudius Decimus remarried soon after the divorce, some niece of Sulla's apparently. So Vitellia is staying with a friend, Lucretia, widow of Titus Servilius. Are you trying to get us killed? What makes you say that? You've already accused one of Sulla's friends of murder. Now you're accusing another, his nephew-in-law no less, of fraud and possibly murder. It's as if you're going out of your way to make enemies. Any man who commits that sort of crime is already my enemy. And not only mine, but an enemy of the Republic. Well, when you've dismounted your high horse, perhaps you'll take a moment to think about the effect this is having on our parents. She's written to you again, hasn't she? Maybe. Knew it. She's worried. About what? About you, not focusing on your political career. Oh, typical. What is it with that woman? That woman is our mother. Nothing I do is ever good enough. I, I could become quaestor, consul, governor of bloody Spain, and she'd still say, yes, but look at Pompeius Strabo's boy, commanding an army. Oh, look, calm down. And she never writes to me. Have you noticed that? She probably just assumes you're busy, because you are. She's never written to me. Marcus, let's not do this now. We have a bitter ex-wife to interview. So, Vitellia's friend, Lucretia, widow of Titus Servilius. That's right. How old? Behave. It's just he was only 30 when he got killed, so she could be quite young. Quintus, please. Can I help you? Uh, we were wondering if we might speak with Vitellia Decima. And you are? Marcus Tullius Cicero. Uh, this is my brother, Quintus. Morning. Cicero, I've heard of you. He's kind of famous. What is it you want with Vitellia? I'd rather not discuss that. Then I'm afraid she's unavailable. Uh, good work, Marcus. Now, if you wouldn't mind. What is it? I heard my name being said. These young men would like to speak with you. They wouldn't say what it's about, so I told them to go away. You should let them in. Are you sure? Lucretia, it's fine. Very well. But if you need anything, call me, yes? Please, sit. <clears throat> so, you're a lawyer? Yes. Best in Rome. I see. Well, I'm afraid the matter of my divorce has already been dealt with. If there was a time when I could have used your services, it is long past. That isn't why we're here. Is it not? We wanted to talk to you about your husband's business concerns. 
Well, I wasn't involved with any of that. Not even when he was away with the army. I understand, but before your divorce, you must have heard him discussing business. Occasionally. He owned a number of ships, yes? Well, you know how it works. He's a senator, so he isn't allowed to own them. They belong to an agency. But he's invested in them. That's right. Slave ships. Some of them, yes. Did you ever hear him talk about a ship of his which had lost some of its cargo? Cargo. Quintus, please. I don't recall. He's talking about slaves. Human lives. You mean they died? If the report was true, yes. And possibly murdered. Forgive my brother. He means well, but his manners leave a lot to be desired. We don't know for certain what happened. We're not even entirely sure there were any slaves aboard that ship let alone that they were thrown overboard. I do remember him saying he'd lost some slaves. A ship bound for Sicily, I believe. And when was this? It must have been during the year of Marius and Carbo. It was before Sulla. So two years ago? Yes. That corresponds. Thought it might. When your husband told you about these slaves, did he seem angry, upset? I suppose. But no more than when he'd lost a shipment of grain the year before. Just slaves, huh? I feel as if you're accusing me of something. Yes, Quintus, remember what we said about manners? I just find this absurd. We're talking about human lives, but we keep talking of them as cargo. In the eyes of the law, that's what they are. Tell me, do you own slaves? What? Do you own slaves? Yes, but... And did yours come into your household voluntarily, or were they brought to Rome as the spoils of war? From your silence, I'll assume it was the latter. So, perhaps we can move on. Tell me, Cicero, why are you so concerned with Claudius's business misfortunes? As I said, slaves are considered cargo. When they're lost at sea, their value and additional costs can be claimed back in compensation. I see. It worked out quite well for your husband. Sorry, uh, former husband, all things considered. So I suppose you were hoping I'd say something to incriminate him, that I'd have all the evidence for you to point the finger of blame. Something like that. Then I'm sorry to disappoint you. I vaguely recall him mentioning the loss of some slaves, but that's all. With luck, perhaps you'll find someone else who's willing to stick the knife in. You'd like that to happen? Let's just say we didn't part on the best of terms. When we were first married, our union was quite unusual. We weren't uniting two families. We were in love. He was a soldier. My family were Harris Bices from Eretium. An unlikely pairing, I know. He proposed without even knowing if there'd be a dowry, can you imagine? And I said yes, not knowing he would one day become a senator. Our story should have ended happily. But, as I've learned, when the gods wish to test a man's virtue, they give him everything he wants. Well, that was a great start. Yes, I thought so too. Are you kidding? It was a complete waste of time. Oh, that wasn't time wasted, Quintus. If you're going to accuse a man of some crime or misdemeanor, it's good to know what sort of man he is. Right. So... So, now we're building a picture of him. Humble background, soldier, married for love, apparently, but grew bored. Waited for the opportunity to divorce and seized it. Married someone younger and for political gain. That's all commonplace stuff, though, surely. But there was one thing she said that I found interesting. 
and that was, he told her about the slaves. But she doesn't remember any of the details. She doesn't have to. Look, many senators are involved in shipping, and they all use agents. However, most of them keep the business at arm's length. They, they get a report, once a month, once a quarter, annually, in some cases, telling them how much money they made, how much they lost, and that's that. But Claudius Decimus mentioned losing some of his slaves to his wife. He was intimately involved in his own business. And that means... If those slaves were thrown overboard, or, or if they never even existed in the first place, Claudius must have known about it. Now, come on. We have work to do. Could you please sit down? I can't concentrate when you're pacing around like that. And I can't concentrate unless I'm pacing around. What do we do now? Now we contact the port at Delos. This isn't going to be an open and shut case then? Oh, good grief, no. We write to Delos and ask them for a list of the slaves on Decimus's ship, as well as all of the documentation regarding their sale. Then we compare that with the record of Decimus's claim at the tabularium. And how long will that take? A few months. And in the meantime? Oh, we'll find something to keep us busy, I'm sure. Besides, searching for that claim could take a while. There are tribes of lawyers in the more remote corners of the tabularium who haven't seen daylight since Marius's first term. <laughs> wow! You made a joke. <clears throat> Sir? Yes, Drusus? A lady to see you. It says it's business. Well, there wasn't going to be anything else now, was it? Wonder who it could be. I reckon wealthy widow lives next door to a cheap block of flats which keeps raining roof tiles onto her townhouse. <laughs> Quintus, hush. Happens all the time. Or maybe her husband's having an away with a drag queen. Seriously? Shush. Because some of them, I mean, I saw Metrobius perform last year and, well, I've got to be honest, I would. Quintus, could you please be quiet? Vitalia Decima. Cicero. We weren't expecting you. Did you remember something about your husband's ship? Quintus. That's not why I'm here. I came to ask for your help. Go on. I didn't mention it earlier because, well, at first I thought you might have been sent by the magistrates. <laughs> Why would you think that? I'm on borrowed time. Though I've lived in Rome for much of my life, I was born in Aretium. While he was dictator, Sulla revoked the town's citizenship. But that wouldn't apply to you, surely. You married a Roman. And they're now divorced. But that can't be right. They're not banishing people from Aretium. Not those who work here, perhaps, but for someone who isn't married to a Roman, who isn't employed here... It's only a matter of time before I'm sent back to Etruria. <sighs> Forgive me for saying so, but is that the worst that can happen? Etruria's hardly hell on earth. The family we had in Aretium died or went elsewhere a long time ago. There's nothing for me there. My friends are in Rome. My children are in Rome. You have children? Two sons. I've not seen them since the divorce. I'm sorry, but I just don't know what we can do for you. Quintus. Come on, Marcus. This was a decision made by a dictator who is still one of our consuls. Not for much longer. But even when he steps down, do you really think he'll let his decisions get overturned just like that? I mean... Are we really going to ask the Senate to reinstate Aretium's citizenship on the strength of one case? Not at all, but we can argue for an exception based on Vitellia's circumstances. They couldn't deny us that. They might. What do you mean? My husband is a friend of Sulla's. He served under him in Asia Minor. Well, there you have it. 
Now try getting a tribunal to listen to her case. Their power is waning, and thanks to Sulla, the Senate is twice the size it used to be. The odds are stacked against us from the start. <sighs> yes, they are. We'll take the case. What? <gasps> Thank you. I've always enjoyed a challenge. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. I'll drink to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, quite. <laughs>